welcome to the Flight Thief Podcast, where we talk about budget travel. I'm Rachel Meyer, your host and founder of Flight Thief, a community focused on making travel accessible. I share cheap flights each week so that you can take the trip of your dreams without ruining your budget. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode two of the Flight Thief Travel Podcast. Today I am with... Um, well, virtually with, that is, um, the same way I'm with anyone these days over Zoom. Anyway, I'm with the Mobile Millers. Um, as you very well know, in order to be good global citizens, the Flight Thief community, myself included, have put away our passports for the last few months and spent more time than usual at home. Um, that being said, the pandemic has impacted people around the world a little bit differently, and I wanted to have the Millers on the show to share how the pandemic has impacted them while they were abroad, as well as others who live a nomadic lifestyle. While they're here, they'll also share their tips and tricks on living and traveling cheaply. Thank you so much for being here. Will you take a few moments to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I am uh, Chelsea Miller and my husband. I'm Lyndon Miller. Yeah, we've um, been traveling since the end of 2015. So we got married in 2015 and then started traveling in 2016. Um, And we live most of the time in our 18-foot camper. Um, And we've kind of been working on the road and traveling internationally and domestically, you know, in and out of our camper most of the time. Thanks so much for the quick intro. Uh, Can you elaborate just a little bit more on why you've chosen to live a nomadic lifestyle? Um, For us, like starting out, I don't know, we wanted to not wait until we were, you know, 65 to to see the world um, when you could potentially have health problems and, you know, who knows what, but so we wanted to do it while we were young and just gain a new perspective on our life. Um, that was my main reason. I hadn't traveled a ton when I was little. One thing that's really nice for traveling nomadic lifestyle is, uh, everything's somewhat more simple. It can get complicated when plans don't work out, but for the most part, you have less things to take care of. And it's just, uh, um, a simpler way to live and that's been kind of intriguing for for me yeah i would agree i desperately crave a simpler lifestyle but i am terrible about getting in my own way um so that sounds really great where were you then when covid19 started well when it started it would have been we would have been in panama um getting ready to get on a sailboat to cross the pacific Um, but at that time it was just, I mean, we had kind of seen it on the news, you know, briefly, it was kind of something that was far away and it wasn't really concerning at the time. Um, and then it got worse when we were in French Polynesia. So it was kind of weird when we left, it was like maybe a little something in China and didn't even give it a second thought. And then we like show up in the islands and it's like, Oh, everybody's like talking about it everywhere. (laughs) Right. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I've on several past backpacking trips when we've been in really remote areas, I've always thought how bizarre it would be to 
come out of that into the world being significantly different for whatever reason. And that sounds like, uh, to an extent, that is sort of the experience that you had after being um, at sea for a month and then COVID-19 escalating so quickly. How did the locals respond to you after COVID-19 had been declared a pandemic? Right. Yeah. So we had got along with everyone and everyone had been super friendly. I mean, just a very giving country. Um, and then when it started, it just, everything changed. We definitely felt like tourists suddenly and like we were foreigners. Um, so the government mandated quarantine and that everyone stay in their homes. Um, it was almost like it was only like tourists. Like if you were a um, local, yeah, everybody seemed like they were doing their normal thing <laughs> unless yeah. you were a tourist. <laughs> I don't think they specifically said that, but you could just get that feeling that it was time for us to get home. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I went to the grocery grocery store once and they were just kind of at, ask how long we were going to be there and just didn't feel like you were really welcome anymore because they like you said they was trying to protect what they had and it was clearly coming to their country by tourists and that's mm-hmm. what we were and they didn't know any better um, yeah but the, the day before they were like you know super friendly there hadn't been any masks or any um you know the partition up at the cash register and then the next day, boom, that was all there. And they were just kind of, you know, asking us how long we were going to be staying there. Um, they just seemed on edge that we were in their store. And then, like, we were out kayaking. And some of the local or one of the local guys was, like, yelling at us, telling us to go home. Um, you know, we didn't belong there. Like, all the tourists should be gone. And so it was just a very different, like, literally 24 hours everything had kind of changed um and like i said we hadn't had any problems i think it was just fear you know fear does that to people and definitely on that small of an island or islands um they don't have that many resources and so people get sick and they may not have the medical care that we do have in the states so that can be a little um scarier Mm -hmm. the story of the kayak someone saying something to you while you're out kayaking blows my mind especially because you're out in the sea um but right I know and we were like at first we were like are you like what's he saying and then we realized that he was like just yelling at us and telling us to go home and like he didn't want us here and he didn't want his people you know didn't want to get sick and all this stuff and it was like okay I actually got really mad but because <laughs> You know, he didn't know. And like, we had been there for months. And so like, you know, we hadn't just flown in from Europe. So anyways, yeah, it was, it was a little bit uh, disheartening. And then it was like, okay, I guess it's time to go home. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, <laughs> and so did you go home early? Did you have to change your ticket? Yeah, we did. Um, had had a ticket for that Tuesday. Um the 24th and that Saturday before we decided they put the whole, uh, Island on lockdown. Um, and we didn't know if we would get off the Island because they have a ferry running to the, to the Island to Tahiti to catch the international flight. 
And so we were afraid they were going to shut down the ferry. Um, and so we hopped on the ferry the next day and we flew out three days earlier. Wow. And did you have to pay to change your ticket then? Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, so they said that there is no change fee, but there's definitely a charge for different amount between the tickets. So the new ticket costs more than our old ticket. And so we had to pay that difference, um, which really was annoying because it was like we just three more days, but it was like, I didn't know if we could take that chance and then suddenly not be able to come home at all. So there was definitely, definitely a fair. <laughs> yeah, that hurts, especially just three more days, like you said. Right, three more days. Ugh, when that happens, part of it. When we left and went over to Morea, it was just a busy city. You know, Papiete is a big city. It's just a busy yeah. city. And we came back and it was completely dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, wasn't it was... There's only three taxis running from the ferry to the airport. And wow. we passed like two cars all the way to the airport. You know, it's like a 10 minute ride. Yeah. Um, the taxi, taxi drivers were just, just going as fast as they could. You know, we hit like 90 mile an hour in like a 50 mile an hour speed limit zone and ran a couple red lights. And just, right. Cause they were trying <laughs> to get back to get the, nobody out there. It was kind of the guests going home. It was weird. It's like, I don't know where everybody was at. It's just, it was, it was almost like a ghost town. <laughs> and everything like, as far as like our flight home and stuff, everything was pretty normal. Uh, a lot more people had masks on. A lot more people were using, you know, we wiped down all our seats and our tray tables and all that. And everyone was doing that. And like the airports and stuff were, I'd say, significantly less busy. I'm sure that was a really strange experience and probably one that you won't forget for a long time. Can you speak to the impact of COVID-19 on people who live a nomadic lifestyle? You know, people are like, just go home, you know, just go home to your house and stay inside. But one thing to note is that a, a lot of nomadic people don't have, I mean, that's why they're called nomads. They don't have a piece of property or they don't have a house um, to go back to. Our captain who we're sailing with, um, I mean, he doesn't have a house in the United States. Like he has his parents, but his, his boat is his house. So at this point, he's quarantined to an island and he can only get off, you know, the boat to get groceries, but he's not allowed to leave to go to another island. And, you know, I, I have some friends on Facebook that are, they're parked in their friend's driveway, their parents' driveway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, just like us, we're, we're here staying at our parents'. Um, but we don't actually own a piece of property that we could park our camper on and stay and wait it out. Yeah, that's a really good point. At least, like, it sounds like you've been able to kind of temporarily be with some family, but not everybody yeah. has that option. We're mainly fortunate enough that, you know, we don't have any debt or any payments of any kind on yeah, anything. Right. And so, you know, we live, you know, we build up some money, we live on it, and, you know, mm -hmm. our money is kind of gone right now. But thankfully, mm -hmm. we don't have to keep up with, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of payments. 
yeah, you know, makes a difference. We wouldn't be making them if we had them. So <laughs> right. So that actually yeah. perfectly uh, segues in. So because the focus of the podcast is on budget travel, not necessarily mm-hmm. everyone who is a flight thief follower. I'm sure most people are not you know, living in a home on wheels or living the nomadic lifestyle. But I feel like some of the principles that you've probably been living by uh, to live cheaply could apply to everyone. So I'm curious what tools and tips and tricks you have um, for living cheaply, traveling cheaply. Since we've been married, um, well, and even before that, we were just very diligent about not getting into debt. Um, you know, like our vehicles are paid off. We, we would buy older vehicles or use money from the house that we bought to buy a new vehicle. And, uh, we don't have any student loans and yeah, we just, that was like a, that, that's really like a huge secret to, or not even a secret, but, um, not a lot of people follow it. I, I, I exactly. It might as well be a secret. Right. I think. And another thing we don't spend money on like excursions, mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know, like snorkeling tours or parasailing or, I mean, anything you can think of any like tourist trap of, and it's not that we don't enjoy, I mean, we've definitely done those things over the years, but it's not something we always try to find a way to like, I don't know, just not differently. We, not that we wouldn't really love to do some of those things. It'd right. Be a lot of fun. For sure. But, but that just, it adds up. I mean, it's definitely, it, it, it really adds up. National, a national parks pass is really cheap. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 80 bucks and you can go to any of them for a year. I think we mm-hmm. hit 24 national parks one year. Mm-hmm. Wow. And hiking is free, you know, yeah. and we love to hike and that's a great way to see, you know, see sites, whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, national parks pass for $80 and that gets you into a lot of places that you can hike and see a lot of things. So, yeah, it um, does. I mean, yeah, that would be one of the bigger things and it's all about where your focus is, like where you want to spend your splurges, you know, for other people that might be their splurge. Our splurge is like, I love going out to eat. We love going out to eat. So, you know, we'll pick like, okay, let's do one nice dinner um, here or ramen noodles for a whole week. Right. (laughs) I would say another way is like driving and sailing are probably the cheapest. (laughs) Um, I say sailing can be cheap. That's because we don't own the boat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think I need friends like that in my life. Lots and lots of people need crew for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so a free ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would not want to have to maintain a nice boat. <laughs> no. I would say another way is like Airbnbs have been more, not always just the bottom dollar cheapest, but you get more value mm-hmm. out of an Airbnb versus a hotel room. You can get a full studio apartment with a kitchen in it and everything, mm-hmm. you know, for price cheaper than a hotel room sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you can cook your own food and, you know, and have, right. we, we really like Airbnb. And I mean, since this is, you know, about flights and stuff, another, as far as flying, like our time is usually fluid. So like we can be a lot more flexible of when we need to fly somewhere, mm-hmm. which usually makes a huge difference in prices. You know, it's usually not on holidays or usually not in the summer or the peak season of places. 
Um, so that's definitely helped out with flying and just having a more flexible schedule. I could not agree with that one more. It is so hard to find cheap tickets to a specific destination on a specific date. Um, as you know, because you had to recently come home last minute from Tahiti. Exactly. Exactly. Another way we've saved, I mean, it's just living in a camper. Like our camper was $4,500 and wow. we, yeah, it was very cheap and we That's bought great. it and did like a couple renovations, painting. Um, and then kind of over the years we've updated a little bit as we could. Yeah. I mean, it's, saved us a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Has it been completely everything we've wanted? No, it lacks in many areas, <laughs> but um, it's simple and it has the necessities and that's, that's really all we need. And we definitely do need time away from it. You know, we'll spend the majority of our time in the camper, but a lot of times mm-hmm. if we're like, okay, I just, I can't be in this 18 foot camper any longer. <laughs> We'll maybe do like a weekend away or something in an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, or we've like some winters we've rented a house. And so, yeah, I'd say that was another huge way that we saved. I'm tallying up in my head right now how much money I would have saved on my mortgage over the last few years if I was living in a home on wheels that cost $4,500. So that's really great. I'm curious what advice you would give to someone who is hoping to live a nomadic lifestyle. Before we get back to Chelsea and Lyndon, I want to give a quick shout out to Car Swaddle, the sponsor of this episode. Quarantine or not, I am always trying to find ways of making my errands more convenient. And that's why I love anything that's delivered directly to my house. That's why I'm so excited about Car Swaddle because it's a convenient way to get your oil changed. All you do is book an appointment on the app and a mechanic will come to you. Their no contact oil changes are perfect during social distancing. If you look in the show notes for this episode, you can find a 10% off promo code for your next oil change with Car Swaddle. The promo code is flight-thief. In addition, if you are listening to this episode in May of 2020, don't miss the giveaway we are doing with Car Swaddle for one free oil change. Be sure to head over to our Instagram page for all of the details. Now, back to the Mobile Millers. For us, I guess, and it probably is not for everybody, but, you know, just had a lot of faith that it would work out. You know, don't always know where the next paycheck's going to come from, but lo and behold, where we showed up, this person was in dire need of help. And mm-hmm. so, you know, just just having the, the faith to, to, to take the leap, to, yeah. to leave the safety of your, of your current job or current, you know, steady income, um, it's tough. It is really hard to mm-hmm. just pull the plug on a steady paycheck and, not know where the next one's coming from. It's really hard, but it's kind of thrilling. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, how do you approach budgeting then? I don't know that I have a, it works for us. And so I, I assume it would work for other people. I don't know. But um, yeah, I have tried an app and it, you know, you go to the grocery, but the name of the grocery might be under something that looks like activities. And so it puts your grocery bill in your activity spot and it, it's mm-hmm. just all over the place. So I literally just take and and use a pen and paper and just write down eight, eight different categories or something. And then I might have a miscellaneous category where just random stuff goes into. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much a a budget 
as it is just knowing exactly what you spend every month. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, maybe we should only spend $200 at, at restaurants for the month. And, you know, I can easily flip back and look like, oh, whoops, we spent 450 So, you know, I just mentally know that, hey, we should maybe just chill out a little bit on going out to eat. Yeah, but oh look, you know our our activities or recreation is we didn't spend that much because we were just always hiking this month. So hey, let's take a helicopter ride this month. You know, it's like so it's just kind of that doesn't happen often. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you call it a budget as much as just simply knowing exactly what you spend and where your money and, is going and where your money is going. Because a lot yeah. of people you ask them, they have no idea that they spent. at literally going out to eat and coffees and everything. They have no idea they spent $500 that month. Simply tracking your money and knowing exactly what you spend has been really big for us. Yeah. A couple years ago, there was a summer that I just, just got really lax with it. We just went out to eat a lot and bought a dirt bike and just had all kinds of fun (laughs) and got to the end of the summer and we just didn't have any money to go on a trip hardly. You know, right. just, we weren't planning, tight. we weren't planning ahead for anything. And so we were just spending whatever we made and, you know, we didn't go into debt, but we didn't really save anything up. And so, um, so yeah, just literally just tracking and knowing what you spend has mm-hmm. been really, yeah. really That's helpful a huge, um, huge thing. for us. I feel like what you said, uh, how you said it's not quite a budget, but it's tracking. It reminds me of the phrase, uh, you manage what you measure. It's like, even just like having it there is, we do a similar thing. I'm not good about this when we're not traveling, but when we are traveling, I write down just in a note in my phone, every single thing that we buy. And then we have kind of a daily total and we try and stick with like a daily average. Uh, and We just did that because the first time we took that trip to China, we were like, okay, well, we know we're gone for 42 days and we have this much money, so we need to spend less than an average of this. And that's kind of how it started. And it's worked for us. So I can totally see how the pen paper works. That's good. Yeah, for sure. It's funny you say you track it when you travel. Yeah. your home or actually the other way <laughs> I know, when, really? we're <laughs> when we go somewhere it's like i mean well we're here we're here we're just we're gonna spend the money i guess it's like, <laughs> right this time after i was in the you know polynesians i i come home and i had a pretty good idea of what we'd spent and i i added it up once i got home and i'm like Ooh. oh <laughs> oh cool a lot, a lot more than we thought so yeah, that was we track it whenever we're home and whenever we're traveling, we don't seem to get a little lax. But I like that idea. We'll have to try that. Yeah, just keeping it, just you know, know, know under what, that number. And, know what you have. And yeah, know, that's, yeah, that's that's a good good way to that's do that. That's cool. I like that. All right, this is my last question. I promise. Um, I'm sure there's someone out there or maybe multiple people who are thinking, wow, this is great and sounds like quite the adventure, but I could never do this because I have kids. I'm curious if you two are planning on having kids and what your perspective on that is. We talked about it, but we're we not do. ready yet. So <laughs> right. I'm not real sure what's going to happen with it. <laughs> yeah, we talk about it and right now we're trying to do the things that maybe I don't want to say we can't do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really like to say that, but that may be limited, you know? Um, so just deciding in a week to go sailing across the Pacific, like people still do it with kids, but something that may be harder. 
Yeah, I think we have really similar perspectives on that and we're in similar stages of life. Um, My husband and I don't have kids yet, so we've been focusing on taking trips that we think would be more challenging to do when we do have kids. And I want to thank you so much for joining the Flight Thief podcast. I have really enjoyed uh, learning from both of you. And thank you to all of the members of the Flight Thief community who have taken the time to listen to this episode. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com and chuck in a buck. Um, We are doing a special offer um, through the end of June, where if you become a first class level supporter of the Flight Thief podcast, you will be getting a free Flight Thief lightweight hoodie. Um, It's my favorite thing. I wear it every single week. Um, So be sure to go to patreon.com and like I said, chuck in a buck. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.